bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. The words of our salvation. The words of our salvation. Many words are used to describe our salvation. And each word refers to the same experience, but the words are different. Words like born again, new birth, redemption, saved, sanctified justified, new creation, elect, chosen, saint. All of these words are used uh, differently, but they refer to one and the same experience. And what I'm going to do this year is take these words and explain what they mean uh, to us as Christians so that we will be strong in our salvation. Uh, Because there are many Christians who know Christ as Lord, but who are not firm in the foundation of their faith. I'll begin today with three scripture readings. Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. Matthew 18, 11, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Then John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So in these three passages, we... Read the word saved twice and the word salvation uh, once in Romans. But they all are from the same root word. And and since uh, my series is going to be about the words of our salvation, I'll just take a little time to explain what salvation is. The Greek word for salvation is soteria. Soteria. And... uh, Uh, It is a word that we find used many times, either uh, in the verb form or in the noun form throughout the New Testament. But the word was first introduced in the Old Testament and it was used to refer to all kinds of deliverance. And in the New Testament, it is used to describe our deliverance from sin. So what does salvation mean? Basically, it means God's deliverance. So when a person says, I am saved or I have salvation, it means that God has delivered me. But God can deliver us in from many things. He can deliver us from shame. He can deliver us from disgrace. He can deliver us from traps that have been set for us. He can deliver us from our enemies. But when we talk about salvation in this sense, we are not just talking about physical salvation. There are three things that we mean that God has delivered us from. First, 
is that God has delivered us from Satan's control. When a person says, I am saved or I have salvation, it means that they have been delivered from Satan's control. The power of Satan to rule over their lives and their desires is broken. A person who has salvation is not under Satan's control. A person who is saved is not under Satan's control. Secondly, it means deliverance from our sinful nature. And this sinful nature is not just the sins you commit each day or once in a while. I hope you don't commit it every day. But I'm not talking about the frequent sins, but the nature of sin that was brought on all of us through the sin of Adam and Eve. Sometimes that nature of sin is called the Adamic nature. It is also called the old man in the New Testament. But God delivers us from the sinful nature. That is what salvation is. Deliverance from Satan's control. Deliverance from the sinful nature. What Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden has no power over the person that is saved. Thirdly, it is deliverance from eternal damnation. Deliverance from eternal damnation. That means you're not going to go to hell or suffer the second death. So when a Christian says, I am saved or I have salvation in Christ, this is what it means. It means God has delivered me from Satan's control. God has delivered me from my sinful nature and God has delivered me from eternal salvation. So you cannot be saved and be afraid of going to hell because you've been delivered from eternal damnation, from the sinful nature and from Satan's control. So that is what salvation is in a gist. But today we will focus on the first of the words of our salvation and uh, the very popular one uh, that most people use, the phrase, born again. Born again. Why do we use this phrase to describe our salvation? Why is that phrase used? And that's what we will explore today. It is a term that was first introduced by Jesus Christ himself in the New Testament. He used the term to show Nicodemus how to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus first used it in John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless... That means that there is no way you can see the kingdom of God except you are born again. Remember, born again is another phrase that means salvation. So salvation and born again are not two different things. They are the same thing. But the phrase born again is used to describe salvation and help us to see it in, a, in the light that Jesus is uh, presenting it to us. So, born again. In the Greek, 
the word born is genau. Genau. Genau simply means to be born. To be born. So, genau, born. And then the word that is translated again is anothen. Anothen means again or from above. So, that word is an interesting word because it means two things. It can mean again or above or high. And that is why when you read your New Testament sometimes, you'll find some translations will say, except a man be born from above or born from on high. And other times it says born again. Because anothen means again and it means from on high or from above. So when we say a person is born again, uh, it means that they have been born again. Sometimes we call it the new birth. Other times we call it rebirth. Other times it is called second birth. So whether it is second birth, rebirth, new birth, it's all born again and it all means salvation. All right? So uh, somebody cannot ask you, are you born again or saved? Or you are saved, but you are not born again. Or I'm born again, but I do, I'm not saved. If you are saved, you are born again. If you are born again, you are saved. If you are saved, you have salvation. And if you have salvation, it means you are delivered from Satan's control, from your sinful nature, and from eternal damnation. So what is it to be born again? We know in, what it is in the Greek, but what does that mean? First, to be born again is a spiritual birth. A spiritual birth. Remember, uh, Nicodemus asked Jesus, do I have to go back to my mother's womb to be born the second time? And Jesus was surprised that a brilliant man would ask such a unbrilliant question. It is a spiritual birth. We are born into this world by natural birth. Each one of us was born uh, naturally by our mother. And that birth made us part of the life on this earth. But this birth is spiritual. John chapter 3 verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's a spiritual birth. It doesn't take place physically. It takes place spiritually. So, first, it is a spiritual birth. To be born again is a spiritual birth. Secondly, it is a heavenly birth. It's a heavenly birth. Our natural birth took place on earth. But this birth takes place in heaven. Though a person who is born again lives on earth, they are born from heaven. They are born from heaven. That's why they are citizens of heaven. The birth your mother gave birth to you made you a citizen of the earth. But this birth makes you a citizen of heaven. It is a heavenly birth. John chapter 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But cannot tell where it's coming from 
and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, a person who is born of the Spirit, you can't tell where they come from on earth. Because that birth is not from the earth. It comes from the Spirit. It comes from heaven. It is a heavenly birth. If a person is born again, they belong to the earth. And they may be Ghanaians, but... They have been born from heaven. They belong to a new kingdom. It is called the kingdom of God. And it's also sometimes called heaven. So it's a spiritual birth. It's a heavenly birth. And number three, it is a new life given by God. It's a new life given by God. And this is very important. Because many times people would say, but all human beings are God's children. We are all God's children. In fact, there are all, uh, there are all sorts of music that talks about we are all God's children. Uh, we, are, we are all God's children. We, we are all from God. We are created by God. We are all God's children. Created by God is not the same as child of God. All of us are created by God. We were all created by the same God. Whether you are a black man, you are a white man, you are a Chinaman, you are an, an, an Indian, you are from wherever. Whether you are a male or a female, you are tall or short. Whether you are deformed or not deformed, whether you have any sickness or, not, or no sickness, no matter who you are, every human being was created by God. But not every human being is born of God. I will explain it uh, very easily. And I, I try to use analogies to try and explain things. Two of the greatest uh, artists who ever lived in my estimation, and I think it's correct, would be Michelangelo or Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci. These were the greatest artists. And then there are others, but these two stand. Now, every painting or sculpture piece made by Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci is precious. Every painting, there's no work they have done that is not precious. Every work that these people have done is high value. And most of them, almost all of them are protected, secured. And most of them cannot even be sold. They, their value is so high you can't buy them. And they are showcased in museums. If today somebody discovers a work of Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo anywhere in the world. By the way, these guys died over 500 years ago. But if you discover any work of theirs today, immediately that work becomes priceless. Why? Because of who created it. Michelangelo or da Vinci created it. Because of the creator... The creation is precious. Because of who the people are, Michelangelo is or Da Vinci is, whatever they produce is precious. 
But none of the paintings have the life of Michelangelo or Da Vinci. So if Da Vinci or Michelangelo had a child, and by the way, none of them had a child, but if they had a child produced by them, the child produced by them will not be the same as the painting produced by them. Although both are produced by him, one is a work he has produced, the other has his life in him. And that has been born by him, both produced by him, but the value is not the same. Are you following what I'm saying? Now that is how it is God created all human beings. And because of who God is, everything he creates is valuable. Whether it's a dog, it's a mouse, it's an antelope, a river, the sun, the moon, the stars, a mountain. You can't abuse the creation of God. Because God made it. Especially those he made in his own image. But the fact that we are made in his image does not mean he has given birth to us. His blood, his life is not in us. So in this world, there are people created by God, all human beings precious because God created them. But there are special people on this earth who apart from being created by God, have been born by God. And those people are the ones who the Bible says have been born again, not by their mother, but by their father who is in heaven has given birth to them again. And those people have a value that their other creation do not have because the life of the father is in them.